But hey, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. As as um no yeah, we yeah. we're here. We are. We are here. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> let's, we, let's just check. Are we still oh, here? Dear Hang on. I'm still here. He's touching my face. Yeah, Rob's still here. Are you here? Well, you felt my hand on your face. <laughs> So there was no need to slap me. <laughs> I didn't slap you. <laughs> we are here. I think it's safe to say we are here. Are we, we are live? Here. We are live. We've been live for some oh. time. Oh. Is it, is it, are we <laughs> live in 2010 and 5? Yes. All right. Do you mean also now? 2015? Yeah, yeah that that's, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Fine? I'm fairly sure we've got a bumper in there somewhere. <laughs> I feel just just Ill. throw a thumb. <laughs> just throw a dart in it. You'll find something eventually. <laughs> Shall we have a show then? I'd love to. It's been a while. Have a show. Do a show. A sh- Let's record a show. Let's do a half. Let's record Let's- it and then yeah. Let's do a thing. Rob, do the thing. I don't know what the thing is. Oh, Simon, do the thing. <laughs> And welcome to World One Stage One. Oh, that thing. <laughs> I'm Simon, and joining me as ever is Jack. Yo, Irish. Yo, and Rob. Namaste, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a unique opener. We've yeah, really not I, used that I, before. I, I bring, bring a bit of culture into this. I, I like thought that. so. Yeah. I didn't, don't know where it came from. It just happened. Yes, culture. Because that's totally the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the word. Not the word, dickhead. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, baby, don't listen to him. Don't listen you to him. just... <laughs> you stung me like a serpent. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that hurt? It did. Serpents don't really sting. They bite. No, it's, it's an odd thing. It's in Hamlet. It's, it's yeah. A serpent. It's like, serpent you don't stung. really know what a serpent is, do you? Shakespeare, Shakespeare. did say a lot of crap. He did, yeah. didn't he? But well, at the same time, he invented a lot of words. Yeah. So. He said a lot of things. He just made so it up. By, by the law of averages, some of it would, in fact, be crap. People are reading it going, he's just he making it up as he's going along. Elbow. He said a lot of things and some stuff. Did he invent elbow? Yeah. Yeah. That is one of his words. What's, what's an elbow, Will? It's the bit in the middle of your arm. It's the bendy bit. Wow. Yeah, and assassinate. I knew assassin and assassinate. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, he didn't, he didn't invent assassin, but he did invent assassinate. Oh, okay. What do you call the inside bit of your elbow? Hashashin. Yeah. Elbow? No, no, the elbow is the outside bit, the pointy bit. What is the inside bit? No, the joint is the elbow. Oh, weenus. Oh, no, wait, that's the skin on the end of your elbow. The funny bit that if you, like, do that, it's weird. Yeah. Because this discussion came up at work, and someone said, for some some reason, someone said uh, elbow pit. And I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, no. I, I, I prefer arm crease or arm vag. Fold. Arm crack. The cre- arm crease mix. I call it the cubital fossa. Is that, is that its name? Yes. Oh, uh, that's l- slightly less hilarious. Mm. Call it the fossa. It is also known as the elbow pit. 
Yeah! Oh my god, oh, it is. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. The elbow pit sounds like a really, really crude torture device. Hmm. Or really, really. Where you just suspend someone over a mosh pit and they get elbowed to fuck. That happens a lot. <laughs> yes. Not being suspended over it. You suspend him over the elbow <laughs> pit. That's potentially what I would call a pub. For the elbow pit? Yeah. That's actually no. a brilliantly disgusting name for a pub. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not that disgusting, it just sounds disgusting. I don't know, we passed, like- passed by a we passed by a pub with London with, with London we passed by a pub in London with Josh the other day called The Cock, which was nice. Did it have a picture of a bird? It had a picture of a chicken, but it's like you could go and you say you can't really express any kind of fondness for it without giggling. Mm. You say, Man, I love the cock. I love the cock. <laughs> a nice night with the cock. Yeah. No, you can't spend a night with a pub, can you? You wanna go down the cock tonight? Down the yeah. cock. There we go. I, uh, yeah. yeah. My brain can get round the cock. <laughs> yes, while you were in London, I, I was unable to meet up with you because I was too busy meeting up with Ari, who has featured on this very yes. show. <gasps> yeah, you, 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 you send your, your flag to a different, to a different show, I understand. My, my principle was simple. Uh, she was visiting from Canada and you were visiting from Cheltenham. It's going to yeah. be a lot easier for me to reciprocally visit you to make up for it than it is her. That is a very good point. You can totally go to Canada. Oh, I, I intend to, but it's it's easier to go to Cheltenham. Also, um, let's be honest, like, on a completely straight playing field, who's better, me or Ari? Because we all know it's Ari. It, it is Ari. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is Ari on Do Arsley Town? Yes. That's right, That's yes. It. Okay. What, what was the name of that show again? Do, uh, do, do Tell. On the yep. Simply Syndicated Network, simplysyndicated.com. Totally go out and listen to it. Is it any good? Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Tell me a bit more Sorry. about it. So this particular episode is going to be the plug show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Saying. Some plugging. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be drinking. So, has anyone watched any movies recently? Yes. Cool. Uh, yes. I'm going to be going to see Big Hero 6 this week, hopefully. <gasps> oh, yeah. I've already seen it. And is it good? It's really good. I was I was actually really surprised with how much I I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I was I came away genuinely surprised by it, which I always give credit films where they can surprise me. I don't think I'm savvy when it comes to films, but not an actor or anything. <laughs> Doesn't mean I know what I'm doing or what's happening around me. Yeah, <laughs> usually the opposite. Exactly. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I have already adopted one of the lines from the trailer into my common vernacular. I like to declare I am not fast. <laughs> uh, yes. Indeed. Yeah, it's um I tell you what, it is really good, um and um lots of unexpected things in it, which I liked, and also what I believe to be one of the coolest superpowers ever conceived of it's the villain's power it is the villain's power what's the villain's power well i don't want to go into it if you have yet to see it yes unless you don't mind i mind all right there we go there we go fair enough but it is a very cool power and i think you will all appreciate it sweet all right awesome i've seen other films but that was one of them cool i went to see into the woods ah yeah i I didn't know that was a musical, as much as a musical as it was, before I went and saw it. Mm. There's, there is like, I don't know, five minutes of non-sung words wow. in that 
entire film. That is, that's a musical. <laughs> very musical. That is very musical. Yes, that's I didn't like know. it's that's really good. Proper levels of musical. It's really good. Uh, Johnny Depp's in it for all of like twenty minutes, if that. He is in and out of it fairly quickly, and his song. Oh my god, his song is so awkward. Awkward. Well, put it this way: he plays the big bad wolf, and he's singing the song about Little Riding Hood. And it has line it has a lines along well along lines of um Hello there little girl, your pink and supple flesh and so on. And it's like I get the context of it, of you being the big bad wolf and stuff of oh my god, this sounds so wrong. Hmm. Like like really wrong. That does sound uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost that's like why it's meaning to it. It's almost like that, yeah. Mm. Mm. In your endo. I'll double your entendre. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I am planning on going to see Jupiter Ascending. Oh man, hell's yes. Mm, yeah, it looks really good. Giant, I silly, fun space opera. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, with Matrix. I have, I have no idea what it's about. Neither do I. It is, I, I know what it's about, but it is big, silly, fun space opera. And what is really interesting is something Zoe observed uh, to me the other day, which is on the poster. Uh, the lead uh, character, who is a woman, mm-hmm. is stood square onto the camera, staring directly out of the frame, whereas the supporting role, a guy, yeah. is turned to face off. Now, that's the traditional posing for this kind of a film, but it's usually reversed. That is yeah. true. So they I, are taking I, the gender roles and absolutely flipping them. I, I have something to say about the poster as well, because we have one on the way to my work. And the first time I saw it, I thought it was an it was a poster for a new Riddick film. Because of the position of the guy, he looks like Riddick does in all of his posters. Yeah, I can see that. And Kenny like, Tatum and Vin Diesel have a very similar build. They do now. They do now, they yeah. They do now, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, that doesn't surprise me really because the Rukowskis always have struck me as a bit progressive you know not in terms of obviously their filmmaking but their views as well they're kind of it's a given really yeah, yeah absolutely with those guys so Jupiter Ascending is apparently meant to be like the Matrix in space in space <laughs> it's sort of if uh, the Rukowskis have decided to honour the legacy of David Lynch's Dune <laughs> I'm sold <laughs> nice it looks so over the top and ridiculous. I'm looking forward to it. Is it based on a book? I don't know. I think it's an original work. I uh, could be wrong, but I it does. Yeah. It does have that very based on a book feel to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, I, I could have sworn that I've seen that name somewhere else. But it's probably one of those things that just seems really, you know, public uh, consciousness sort of thing. I think it's because of things like John Carp. Is it John Carpenter? John no, Carter. just John Carter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Carter. Carpenter's John Carter. Um, John Carpenter's John Carter. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, amazing. Uh, I've seen the John, I've seen the John Carpenter. Uh, no, now you got me confused. <laughs> the actual movie. Yeah. And I kind of liked it for like dumb fun. It's a bad movie, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, sometimes watching a bad movie is fun. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and no, sometimes watching a bad movie is basically just the worst thing ever. It sure is. It sure is. Fucking Kingsman. Oh, you yeah, saw I'm not going to bother with that. Seriously, for the love of God, don't. I, I was going to. 
I honestly, I've, I've left films feeling depressed, like uh, District 9. But that's because it's good. Right. right. It's a great film. Yeah, and I left it feeling then? really depressed because, because that was it's emotionally point. affecting. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it does its job. Uh, I forget what the other one was. Oh, um, Filth as well. I left feeling very oh, depressed. Oh, Filth. It's amazing. But, you know, like you leave that film going, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. This but one, it, I've, I've never left a film feeling harrowed. And that wasn't the intention, like, intention of the film. The intention of the film was to basically make like. Uh, I don't know. I think they. I, I think they thought they were trying to make a really clever parody of Bond. Yeah, I think that's what they thought they were doing. That's kind of what I was getting from all the marketing and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. Like even if you take out all the misogyny and racism and 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 oh god, all of that, like you you just boil it down to the message, and the message of the film is. It doesn't matter whether, in Britain, it doesn't matter whether you're born posh or working class, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the work, uh, the, the posh people might elevate you up to their level. Yeah. That's the message of the film. I've been waiting for that to happen for a while. Yeah. It's not worked out, has it? No. no. <laughs> fuck that movie. Seriously, fuck that movie. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bother with it myself, because um, The Secret Surface, which is the comic book it's based on. Mm. I assumed it was. It, is that a Mark Miller one? Of course, it's a Mark yeah, Miller book. Cool. Uh, in fact, it's the book that made me stop reading Miller. Oh, uh, not because it in itself is that bad. It's just because it has no redeeming feature, uh. which uh, a bunch of his other work does. You know, there's there's enough in the book of Kickass and enough in the book of Wanted that when you read it, you think there might be some cleverer subtext going on yeah that's not there in secret service oh. uh, and it's it's got all the down points with none of the good for me yeah uh, and i you know i i was on the point of not bothering with it anyway because i didn't i was beginning to think miller wasn't that great but it was uh dave gibbons doing the art who is of course the watchman artist yeah so i picked it up and it was exactly that it was yeah it's just oh. It's also worth pointing out, like, in this film, other than, I think, like, one or two sidekick friend characters who have half a line, hmm. there is one black actor in this film. It's the villain. Samuel. Yeah. Hmm. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And there's also, like, you know, the, the, the henchwoman with the with the, um, the, Blade, the Blade Runner woman. Yes. And I'm like, oh, man, that would be kind of cool. Then I watch the film and go, man. So this is what happens when you're suddenly conscious of people fetishizing stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Man, this is yeah. really super awkward. Uh, and explain. I'll tell you what's interesting about that yeah. is Gazelle is actually in the comics. Ah. Um, but quite different. And her name is Gazelle. I honestly thought I'd miss... I, I, I hoped I'd misheard in, that her name was Giselle. No, it's Gazelle because okay. um, because of the gambling and leaping. Yeah. Uh, in the book, oh, Gazelle is a dude. I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Gazelle is a dude in the book. Really? So they've they've made him a woman for fetishization purposes. As far as I can tell. Uh, I mean, I guess you could make the argument of trying to put a more prominent female character in there, because I think pretty much the only other one is Lancelot, who doesn't really get all that much. Like, saves the day and whatnot in various inc- incidences, but it doesn't get that... could make that by. argument, but then you go, why Gazelle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not the why not the main villain? Why not uh um Valentine? Mm. <sighs> it's it's oh it's it's just appalling and I I, I oh. 
there's some of the stuff that comes up in that is just really, really like. It didn't really help that we were in a screening. Like you know how uh, the audience you, you're sitting with can really make or break a film sometimes. Oh god, yes. We were we were in there with a bunch of like the literally the the loudest guffawing laughter at every mention of the word fuck kind of people and and sitting next to a particular couple where the woman just literally would not shut up the entire time. Uh, okay, Asking, well, why did you do that then? What's going on now? Like, oh, oh, mm. well, fair enough. Watch the goddamn film and you find out. Yeah, and that, that, I mean, that would have ruined it if it were a good film, but right. on a film that was that fucking bad, oh. Like I'm a, assuming the actual, the plot <clears throat> is not the same as the book, because in the book, I, it's a truly ridiculous plot of, like, uh, it all starts when Mark Hamill is abducted. Yes. Is that the same as in the film? Yes. Oh, so, it, and they, they have, like, Patrick Stewart and... No, they have Mark Hamill playing a, an Oxford professor. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Mark Hamill playing Mark Hamill. In oh. The book. Uh, Mark Hamill, Ridley Scott, Pierce Brosnan, these are the people who get abducted. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, a an Oxford professor of, uh, econ- uh, economics or sociology, some of that, but he's played by Mark Hamill. So yeah, they, they've changed the plot, but as a little meta joke, had it had played by the guy who was the victim in it's also re- really distracting to see Mark Hamill do his posh English voice and realise that it is just his Joker voice. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, I say. It's like, oh God, that is just your Joker voice. That's horrifying. Mm. Did he at any point laugh? And was that the worst? No, I don't think he actually <laughs> laughed at any point. He was mostly just terrified <laughs> the entire time. Um... Yeah, um, I'm trying so, to think. Yeah, the book's yeah. not great. The film's awful. Best avoided. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Can I say, as a counterpoint for you leaving a film feeling completely like depressed, yep. perhaps a little angry, um, I did actually mention this film to you the other day, but I'm going to mention it here. Um, I watched Birdman. Have any of you seen Birdman? Oh. I've heard wonderful things. Yeah, I've heard. I I really urge you all to watch Birdman. I would say this is probably the best film I've seen in about ten years. Wow! Like, well, I say ten years. Like, I pulled that number out my ass. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm comparing that to. But um, to put put it to put it like this, like, if you came away from that film really depressed, I came out of that film feeling like my own humanity had been rekindled. Huh. Um, it, it was, oh, it is beautiful. It's all, I'm not going to tell you anything about what happens in it, other than it has an incredibly dark sense of humour. It's got incredible acting performances from, obviously, Keaton, um, uh, Edward Norton, um, uh, what's it, Emma Stone is really good in it as well. Um, Yes, Dark Sense of Humor, really good performances. And it's all shot in this fluid stream of consciousness kind of style. It's not one shot, but it's filmed in that way. Sort of flowing. Yeah, exactly. So time is, time passes, but it's all through clues. And it gives you clues in the script and how it's shot as to how much time has gone past and things like that. Uh, and essentially it's about this down and out guy who, uh, was, an incredibly popular action superhero in the 90s. <laughs> um, and how after a few sequels, he kind of faded into obscurity. And then he comes back years later. 
His his sort of family life is on the rocks, and he's decided he wants to show he's got acting chops. So he basically hires a theatre in uh, on Broadway, um, and sets about uh, basically putting on a play that I think he's written, um, and it's just about that. Hmm. That's all it is, but it's incredible. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it because I don't want to say anything about. The, the content thing, yeah. because otherwise it will ruin it you, you need that sort we of, of a surprise it is I've wonderful heard, I've heard yeah. it's got a TV show coming on now already it's got what sorry it's already been licensed for a TV series uh, really you mean like a um, an adaption to TV or a cont- I, I don't I don't know all I know is that all I've seen is that it's getting it's got or is getting a TV series and Keaton has signed on to replay the role oh weird yeah that is cool. weird Oh, oh, other film. Other film I just remembered I need to speak to Simon about. Simon. Yes. Did you see Ex Machina? Not yet, but it's very much on my list. Cool. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I was I wanted to when you do, we need to have, sit down and have a talk about that. We need to pick brains and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Because I'm still not entirely certain whether I liked it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh we're on a roll, because Ex Machina was a January release. Uh yep. Jupiter Ascending uh Kingsman February releases. Yep. We're talking about 2015 films right now. Let's keep going. All right. Yeah. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, uh, so March, March, I, we, we did have that discussion like earlier on. I think a couple of episodes ago about Interstellar. Yes. I would. Uh, this is going to be the argument I make for for, for X Machinas for its specific, for its uh, specific uh, sphere for its specific uh, genre within within um, science. I would argue that Ex Machina is better hard sci-fi than Interstellar. I've heard good things. That's yeah. a, that's a strong claim. So I'm Absolutely. looking forward to it. Yeah, but it's obviously for for robotics rather than uh, well interstellar travel. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough for Ex because I, I know Ex Machina plays a lot with uh, human-like robotics. Yes, uh, in indeed androids. Um, because I think in terms of pure robotics, and robotics is a passion of mine, yeah. it's going to be really tough for the Ex Machina androids to feel more like a hard sci-fi depiction of robotics than the robots in Interstellar. Okay, no, that's a fair point. Um, but it's, it, I mean, less in... Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of a way of describing it, which isn't going to be like, a, isn't going to be like spoilery. Um, <laughs> But in like the, the the study of robotics, rather than mm. I don't know the end result, like the, yes. the cheering tests and whatnot. Yes. No, I, I get what you mean. You're talking mm. more about uh, artificial intelligence and indeed android uh, human yes. replication, as opposed to the mechanics and robotics. The, yeah. Okay. Yes, that's what I meant. Artificial intelligence, not not robotics. Cool. March. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, this is looking like a good year because speaking of robotics, artificial intelligence, and the implications of artificial in, uh, of artificial life Chappie is out in March oh, oh my god. god yeah that that trailer just I'm like I don't know is this the year that we teach robots to love I think it might be yeah like I don't know whether this looks like super horrifically saccharine teeth rottingly sweet to the point of <laughs> absolutely giving me diabetes and making me want to die yeah. But I still want to fucking watch it. I know, right? And I tell you what, Chappie really reminds me of Tetris Vark. 
Yeah, when I saw the stuff, when I saw like the initial shots, and I saw um, from you know from the from the creator of um, of District Nine, and I saw the shots, and I saw the the Pat Labore looking robot head, hmm. and I was like, oh shit, they gave him they gave him the license to make the Tetraval like lo- like a full movie. Yeah, it really and- does look like Tetraval is getting a feature. Yeah, and then and then it sort of played out a bit more, and I was like, oh no, it isn't. It's something very different, but very cool. Well, there is uh, a shot in the trailer of a chappy chassis robot that yeah. is marked with police markings. Oh, so I think that's the tie-in to Tetra Var. Maybe it's sort of set in the same. Well, it's the same setting. It's still you know, uh, yeah, of of the sort of near future. Mm. My my first reaction was, "Holy shit, they're doing a short circuit remake." <laughs> <laughs> Well, having now, and then I was like, on. "Oh, I know it's Neil Blomkamp, but it looks fucking awesome." Well, that's the thing is, it's going to be like, what if a really, really uh, politically and, and racially aware director made Short Circuit instead of the people that made Short Circuit and, and cast Black Dot Fisher Stevens? Oh yeah, that. <laughs> that. Old. What? What was that? You, uh, Fisher Stevens. You know the Indian guy in Short Circuit? Yeah, he's not an Indian guy. He's not. He's a, he's he's, a very he's a white, white guy. guy. You have to forgive me because it's been like decades. But, but, you, know, but, you, know, film, but, but you know the guy that he talks like a poo from the Simpsons, like really horrifically over the top. Are you fucking Indian. kidding That's me? A white guy who has been painted brown. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, more to the point, that. right? Um, the Indian uh, so- uh, software engineer in Short Circuit and Eugene the Plague, the bad guy in Hackers, are the same man. What? It's fucking blow my mind. Yep. In a bad way. Yep. Yep. Like, out of the back of my head bad. <laughs> Tony Soprano bad. Oh, wow, hang on. I was just looking at films that are coming out in March, mm. and I completely... I, I realise it's it's not the same person, right? But I was just looking through <laughs> list of actors in this film, and it was Judy Dench, Bill Nye, Maggie Smith, Richard yeah. Gere, and I'm like... Cool, who's the director? And I realise it's a director who has the same name as someone else. John Madden! <laughs> it's like, oh my god, John Madden directing Bill Nye and Maggie Smith. <laughs> that would be amazing. The second best exotic Marigold Hotel. Yes. Now, Dame Judy, I want you way down the field. I want you on a Hail Mary inception. Uh, <laughs> you see, what Bill should have done here is... <laughs> He should have got his lines out much faster. That's going to cost him later on in the scene. <laughs> I have no idea who John Madden is. I do apologize to all our American listeners. But I think that's it for me for March. For March, uh, get hard. That sounds terrible. It does. I don't uh, want uh, to get hard with Will Ferrell. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson. Uh, so what are we going to then? April. <gasps> Fast and Furious 7. Which wow. might actually be great. Uh, some of the Fast and Furious films have been really, really good. Apparently, they've been getting better, like <laughs> progressively. Isn't that weird? That like it's the only franchise that apparently increases in quality the more they make. It's Isn't- once Vin Diesel came back to the franchise, it started picking up. Tony Yar's in it. Tony Jaa and Jimon Honso. It's a hell of a cast. That is a hell of a cast. Kurt Russell's in it. Yeah, The Rock's in it. He's been in it for he's, a while. He's always oh. been in all of them. He's great. Yeah. But, I mean, he's in it. Fuck, I'm going to go and see him. Yeah. Well, they drop fast now, haven't they? It's just Furious now. No, it's just it's called Furious 7. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And also, you know, Michelle Rodriguez, who is always the best. At she is a badass. Around. She is fantastic. 
Um, I don't actually know anything else about any of the other films coming out in April. So, uh, look just so let's talk about Avengers, because that's coming out in May. Well, we all knew that's where this was going. Before we actually get into it, I actually saw something today that is Marvel-related, but also going back to the Madden thing about being a sports reference as well. Okay. Um, the Super Bowl, right? Yep. Um, oh, this is amazing. You you saw this, right? It's amazing. Yeah, I've um, been following it. The Chris's. Yeah, the two Chris's. Yes, they're um, bet. Yeah, they're bet. It's so cool. And um, now it does mean that Star-Lord, and it's Star-Lord who's going, not um, Chris, uh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Star-Lord will be going to a... Uh, a ch- where, where is it? It's like a children's... Boston. But it's Boston Children's Home, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, it's so cool. Because it's the New England Patriots. Because they lost wicked hard. Yeah. <laughs> Except that they won. No, they won. They won. Yeah, yeah. The the, so the, bet, so the bet was. Sorry, yeah, I meant to say the Seahawks won. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, yeah. sorry. On to bet. Age Voltron. But the thing is, did you see that uh, Chris Evans is still going to go to the Seattle Children's Hospital as Captain? He is because he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> he's Captain America. Of course, he's the nicest guy ever. <laughs> Star Spangled oh, Man. And that's not my knee, that's my shin. Yeah. <laughs> my lower knee. It's your knee pit. So actually, we've talked a lot about Age of Ultron. Uh, that's true. So I want to talk about Mad Max, because that's coming out in May. Oh, yeah, God, it uh, is, isn't it? Like, it's like about two weeks afterwards. Yeah. Because uh, this looks amazing. Speaking and of course, Tom Hardy right up front. And Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron, who in the trailers is looking incredibly insane I'm, I'm looking forward to this so much it's when I, when I heard when I heard that they were like oh it's gonna be a remake of Mad Max or like a you know like a, a reboot a, reimagining a reimagining of Mad Max thank you um, I was like oh god because we need another remake and I just had horrible flashbacks to Star Trek except the difference being and I'm probably gonna I, I don't know what, what the reaction to this is gonna be but I never really cared for Mad Max That's I really fair. did yeah but then I saw the trailer for Fury Road, and I was just like, holy shit. I'll tell you what the difference is here. The real difference. Yeah. And that's that the original Mad Max in 1979 was written and directed by a guy called George Miller. Uh, the 2015 remake is written and directed by a guy called George Miller. Yep. He's oh, that's cool. his own franchise. He's the guy who said, actually, I think we can have another run at this. Yeah, we can do better now. Well, they had another run at it, what, four years ago now? Because it's been taking, this is taking years oh, to get yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. launched. It's ridiculous how long it's taken or something. But yeah, holy shit, just the trailer alone. Go out and, 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 and have a look at it because, mm. oh, it, it looks like every, every brilliant, silly thing that you associate with Mad Max. It's it's hockey mask and giant fur wearing monsters in dune buggies crashing through the desert firing razor blades at one another. But they've added Cirque du Soleil style pirate boarding of moving yeah. vehicles. It's yeah. it's astounding. There it's going to make me want to bust trailers. out. It's going to make me want to bust out my Gorka Morka kit again. Absolutely. Uh, but my favourite <laughs> one is the trailer that has the soundtrack that is basically dubstep made of sampled engine noises. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and it's looking into the whole. It's 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 cars and the desert. Yes, yeah. it's, it's oil and mm. it's it's, an, it's a massive diesel-based uh, post-apocalyptia. Uh, and 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 Max is played by someone different, and you know what that means? No racism. Well, I don't know. They could they could put racism in the script, but yeah, there's gonna be no <laughs> okay. accidental like outbursts. 
And it's Tom yeah. Hardy, who I love. I think he's Tom Hardy is amazing. He's one of the best actors working today, in my opinion. Mm. Genuinely, yes. Especially if correct. you want a if you want a big, dangerous looking guy as well. Oh yeah. Also really act. He is terrifying just in real life. <laughs> you no, watch he, him in Warrior, you watch him in Bronson, you learn yeah. to be scared of the man. Bronson is just the most amazing picture ever. Um, but him in real life, he used to lift cars, not not um, lift them with his sure, sheer physical strength. I'm sure he probably he could steal them. <laughs> steal them. Yeah, he used to lift cars. Um, yeah, this guy's seen some shit. <laughs> Although, do you know what really fucks me off about this coming Mad Max film? What's that? Nicholas Holt. What's wrong with Nicholas Holt? It annoys me that he's being so successful. <laughs> oh, come here. No, because, you know, I went to an open casting of uh, Skins, which is where he got his break. Yeah. 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 And he's doing Mad Max now. Huh, yeah. I didn't know that. He's also Hank McCoy. Yeah. He, I know he's also Hank McCoy. Yeah. He's doing a lot of things. He is. He's doing really, really well for himself. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, technically his big break was in About a Boy with Hugh Grant. That's huh. You couldn't be Hugh Grant. Uh, I'm, You're just nice. watch me. No, no, we like you. Oh, what's wrong with Hugh Grant? He's an asshole. Is he? Yeah. He's actually a really good actor. A lot of people... I'm sure he is a really, really good actor. He just also happens to be an asshole. Why is he an asshole? Have you ever seen him like do interviews and stuff like that? No. Oh, man. You know who You know who really, really loves the, 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 the hype about uh, him? Uh, the hype about him? Yeah. He does. <laughs> he does. Okay. Yeah. He, he loves really him. loves his own hype. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, d- I wasn't aware of this. And I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that every actor out there who's been in very successful movies should remain entirely humble. Mm. Um, but maybe maybe have a little bit of humble in you. That reminds me of... Um, oh, I can't remember her name now. Um, she is in Star Trek as a horror and... Uh, yeah. Uh, I think you mean Nichelle Nichols. Uh, no, no, no. no. Um, Zoe yes. Zoltana. Yeah. She is... Wow. Like, if you think Hugh Grant's bad, you should watch her in an interview. Really? Don't go wrong. I think she's fantastic in Guardians. Things, I, was just, I was just starting to like her as well. Yeah. No, don't go wrong. Like, don't go wrong. I think she she has, like, really good performances in her. Hmm. But, like, in interviews, she's always complaining. Because she's been in this, this one about makeup and stuff. She's complaining so much about the makeup. Uh, that she had to sit through every day for Guardians like oh and having to be up early and stuff like that I was like oh my god really you're complaining about that when you're in Guardians of the Galaxy you're being paid a stupid amount of money to make pretend on one of the best films in the universe man I'm gonna paint you green tomorrow okay <laughs> and we'll see five in the morning yeah Sorry, I, I, just, too bad, I won't pay. Yeah, too bad, I won't pay you. Admittedly, I won't pay you the same amount as Zoe Saldana was paid, and you won't get as much exposure as. <laughs> it depends. I, I mean, can expose myself pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that all too well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's fairly common for the actors to have to do the full body makeup and prosthetics work to be grumpy about it. Yeah, that's that's certainly something I've heard expressed before. Yeah, but you know, I always but this look, is continuing. I always look back and think, <laughs> and I always look back at the interview with, with the guy who played uh, Pinhead in the in the Hellraiser movies. And how long that makeup took. Oh, wow. And he always seemed incredibly cheerful about that. That's exactly The only thing I mean. he was sad about was that at the rap party after the film finished, he went to the party <laughs> and no one was talking to him. <laughs> and he felt really upset because he was just like, oh, I, th- I thought I thought we all got along really well, but apparently you don't really like me all that much. And then he realized, oh, oh they've never seen me outside of the makeup. <laughs> We've never met you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I found out um, the other day that when Jim Carrey was doing The Grinch, he spent so long in makeup for that character that he actually got 
um, felt claustrophobic and stuff, and he needed to see a psychiatrist before he actually went on set. Oh, God. Wow. It took so long to put all that up. I'm trapped in the Grinch. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's kind of messed up. Max, but also, yeah, Mad Max... uh, I think the only other things I've seen there that I've seen a um, trailer for were uh, Spy, which... I know nothing about that one. I was going to quickly say, uh, my favourite thing about long time in the uh, makeup chair was uh, Sir Ben, Sir Ben Kingsley, talking about his work for uh, Ender's Game specifically, but anything that required a long makeup job. Where he said he he tries to go to sleep. He likes to Mm. close his eyes, and just when he opens them... He's not in the mirror anymore. The character is. He hates the transition. Yeah. So he tries it's to make it as cut cool. as possible. He becomes the character. Yes. That does sound like something Ben Kingsley would say. It Jan Nicholson um, said something similar when he was doing Joker. Mm. Or his attempt at Joker. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, he, he was a very. He did a. He did a very good portrayal of Jack Nicholson. He did a fantastic portrayal of Jack Nicholson. But he he used to. Um, so oddly enough, I was watching a Michael Keane interview about Birdman, and he talked about him because uh, he still makes with Jack Nicholson. Uh, but yeah, apparently he used to go and sleep whilst they pinned his mouth up. He <laughs> was as amazed he could sleep through it. But yeah, that's a cool idea though. Waking up in the character, good old Kingsley. Class act. But yeah, spy. Spy. I saw a trailer for it. And, um, Jackie, Irish, are you okay? Is that noise coming from your end? Oh, that hissing noise. Uh, yeah, and, been, and, and the, the general collapsing and, noise. And, yeah, it sounds like things are breaking. Yeah. No, it was. I'm walking, but the hissing noise was me deflating a bottle. Oh, okay. That might be it. Uh, is it? I'm just walking around the downstairs at the minute, so that's why. Yeah, ah, don't do that. Got shuffling going through what you can hear. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, I saw the trailer for it, and basically, it, it's again this whole idea, like much like uh, Kingsman, from what I can tell, that it's you know super secret spy organization. So of course the spies have to be British. Yes. So the first choice, obviously, the two they show off are Jason Statham and Jude Law. <laughs> and then Wait, I'm actually suddenly interested. Yeah. Uh, and and then they have to go. There's there's like a mission where they have to sneak someone in there, but it can't be someone who's too obviously a spy. So they can't have the suave, good-looking British guys. Okay, right. So they send the secretary, who is played by Melissa McCarthy, who I believe is now announced for the Ghostbusters. She is indeed. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that all on paper sounds really good. But such something like watching that trailer in motion just makes it look really. I don't know, there's something very Steve Carell trying to be funny. Funny. Uh, oh, that's a shame, because it's... Having a look, not only is it Melissa McCarthy alongside Jude Law and Jason Statham, yeah. it's Paul Feig, uh, who is making the Ghostbusters, I believe. Oh, okay. I will, I will definitely give it a go then. Because, um, like I said, it, it, when I was describing it then, like... I'm just describing it with my own words, like actually, I'm selling myself on this film, and then I remember what the trailer was like. I was like, oh, that didn't really sell. Maybe I need to just go back and rewatch the trailer. Maybe, yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of it for for May, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really. I don't think I've had any. Which means we Although, would then have to move into. We would then have to move into to you know into June. And I, do, I can't, do, 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 do. 
Look, it was so yeah. There's nothing coming out in June. <laughs> Doom. <laughs> yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio is in Jurassic World. You know, further questions have been risen about Jurassic World since the Super Bowl, bringing it up again. Because yeah. there was a Super Bowl trailer of Jurassic World now. Yeah. Because it's only five months away for, until release, which surprised me. Um, but now it would seem that Chris Pratt can talk to dinosaurs. Well, yes. No, as in... Oh, wait, his character. Communicate. Wait, all right. Can I was going to say, talk- anyone can talk at this. Yeah. <laughs> Do they understand him? I, 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 I didn't mean what you meant in the context of Jurassic World. I thought you just meant Chris it Pratt appear, can talk to dinosaurs. It would appear that Chris Pratt has harnessed the power of dinosaurs in Jurassic World. See, I have been basically out of Jurassic World. Yeah, I think I am since too. Since <laughs> it was announced. I'm, if, if people come out of it and say it's it's great, it's amazing, it's the sequel those films always, well, it's the sequel that both those films always deserved. It's the sequel uh, that film always. That film always deserved. <laughs> then maybe I'll go and have a look. But it, right it, now, it, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. I am very well aware of doing that thing to uh, Lost World's Jurassic Park that we do with a lot of bad films, which is when an even worse film in the franchise comes out, you forgive the faults. Yes, I have done but, that with Lost World. Yeah, Lost World. Oh, you know, it wasn't Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. I actually think, I still think that there, I mean, overall, yeah. Lost World is not good by any standards. Like, the fucking gymnastic velociraptor killing move thing yes. or whatever. But... I think the set piece with the two part, the two jointed caravan thing yes. going over the edge of the cliff with the T Rex. Basically, anything, that is awesome. Anything involving a like, T Rex is always going to be amazing. Yeah, which is yeah. the greatest sin that Jurassic Park three ever committed, oh, which is they killed the T Rex. It was so bad. Why would you do that? I, I really don't know. It's like killing part of a childhood. It's not even that. It's like that. That is your George main, Lucas. That is your main <laughs> point. That that is your. Icon that is your mascot for your movie. It's the fucking logo. Yeah, and they can, well, yeah. admittedly, the logo is a dead T Rex. That's true. <laughs> Actually, the logo of Jurassic Park 3 was the Spinosaurus. That is true. Oh, that is a good point. So, and we you know, knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it looked like ass. It looked like shit, didn't it? What well, I mean, bollocks. I mean, come on, guys. They wouldn't make a fourth one if the first three were bad. <laughs> That's right. Harken back to some to an old world on stage one. Speaking of which, Mission Impossible Five is out in July. Is it? Is it? Oh, what? <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta just just trail us back to the end of of June now. No, you don't. If, There's nothing else in June that needs talking about. But that's the thing is, I've just read something that makes me really fucking confused. Yeah, go on. Because there is a sequel to a terrible movie coming out. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, there's a sequel to a terrible <laughs> Seth MacFarlane movie about a talking teddy bear. Yep. Right, but this sequel stars Morgan Freeman, Michael Dorn, and Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. I'm very confused. Those Morgan Freeman is no like longer. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Those are three people who like money. That is. Yeah, true, I was going to say it's no. Yeah, it's no uh, guarantee of That's, quality. Oh, no, I'm not saying it is guys. quality. I'm just saying that I like those guys. I like them too. Yeah. They like money. Yeah, yeah, they fucking so love money. So let's very quickly move into J- July, and on the 1st of July, right off the get-go, we get an absolutely amazing film that I'm super looking forward to, Magic Mike Double XL. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. As long as Kevin Nash is acting, he's not getting involved in wrestling. Put it this way, <laughs> we should have known the moment, you know, we were talking about Channing Tatum's... Yeah, uh, Channing, Tatum bro- Channing Tatum broke uh, the screenplay for Magic Mike XXL. Really? Yeah. Also, Jack, uh, Irish, you might be interested in this. Gabriel Iglesias is in Magic Mike XXL. What? 
Gabriel Iglesias is in a movie about male strippers. Let that as for a while. I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm going to. I'm going to hope as a stripper. <laughs> that would be freaking awesome. It would. We need more fluffy strippers, and also Donald Glover's in it. Huh? And Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh. And Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell? <laughs> oh, wow. I was wow. like, I read that name and I was like, no. <laughs> read a bit. No, that is written on my screen right there. And on the same day, Terminator Genesis. Yes, which I am so fucking looking forward to. I'm confused. I will watch it. Hmm. Yeah. I am expecting to walk out of that film with either the biggest grin on my face or so angry. Yeah, well, this is the thing is, I saw my Facebook feed explode in bile and hatred about the trailer. And then I rewatched, the, and then I watched the trailer and I turned to Rowan and we both just sort of had the same thing, which is just, so it's Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. If Sarah Connor started off being a, like the badass hero of it all. Yes. That's what I got from it, which yeah. I love. I, I, I can't uh, back that enough. That just sounds like the perfect movie. But then they're going, it's, the concept I love, that bit I love. Yeah. But they're going to pull some real shit to try and resolve it into the timeline, and that's the bit that I think is going to infuriate me. That's the problem ah. with the Terminator movies. If like they this. bother. I was going to say, they, they might bother, not bother. annoy me. If they if, just let it go and make a great film, I'll love it. It might just be a split. Which would be great. Because then that gives them room to then go up. Because, you know, it's all about franchise these days. They'll want to make a sequel. So they'll be like, right. This is a new timeline. We have a new, whole new cast. We have a new Sarah Connor. Let's continue well, this is, in this vein now. This is, well, this is the kind of thing, right? Because you had Terminator, which was, here. here is what happens, and here's the timeline and whatnot. And then you've got Terminator 2, which basically has the whole... Wait, is, is Terminator 2 the no fate but what we make? Yes. Yeah, yes. It's the, it's the idea that there is no set destiny and history can be changed. Hmm. Then Terminator 3 was like, no, history is entirely set. You can't change anything. Terminator Salvation sort of carried on from that and says, no, you can change. It's like, basically, they've gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which one Genesis goes with, because they seem to be evenly split at the moment as to whether history can be changed or it can't be changed. Is there, was there, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was there a scene in the trailer of old Arnie Terminator fighting the young Arnie Terminator? Yes. Yes. Right. Next question. Yeah. Is it going to be like it was in... Salvation, which is CG, or have they got his son to play the role? Uh, I, saw a pi- I saw a picture of him the other day, and he is as large as his father was. It looks age. to be a CGI Arnie. Uh, also, uh, T-1000 in it. Um, yes, but it's not... by a different actor. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember the name of the actor, though. Oh, it's um, not Robert Patrick. No, but, it, it, I mean, it, it's it looks like Asian he could guy, do a good T-1000 in that he's, he's, t- he's small, he's sleek, he's quick looking yes it's the, it's this time it's the first copy comes along and it's it's, complete, it's a different guy isn't it so, yeah as long as he does terrifying that's fine yeah exactly like what made 2000 was just the cold vacant calculating yeah performance and that's was, I think oh, one of his best descriptions I've ever heard of it was literally just like chilling yeah Arnie's terrifying as the Terminator but look at him he looks like a giant robot he walks like a giant robot he sounds like a giant robot mm. he's quite clearly a giant oh. robot T-1000 Robert Patrick he's like that could literally be anyone. He could be anyone, which is a guess. I kind of, you know, is the entire point of the T-1000. He could become anyone. You see, I will use, I always use Terminator as a defense for, a lot of people say Arnold Schwarzenegger can't act. Now, 
in basically every movie that would be true but in terminator i think if you watch the original and the um and t2 you can genuinely see like effort there on his part has really good um uh, comedic timing it's really good community timing, but also, especially in Terminator 1, where you can see him gradually becoming more and more infuriated, a machine that is getting frustrated that it isn't being able to do its job yeah. and finish them. Well, you know how he got the role of Terminator originally, don't you? Um, he had an e- I do not. Is this the universe? I he thought. sat down and had a chat, because I've got, I've got uh, an, uh, an issue of Empire Magazine that was the anniversary of Terminator, where it's, it's an interview with a couple of different people involved in excerpts from... Um, yeah. Cameron's he was book. having lunch with Cameron, basically. Okay. Because he was slated to play Kyle Reese. Because he had a great physique, but not great English. So Kyle Reese has, like, three lines. Mm. Let's go with him. And throughout the course of the lunch, Arnie is basically saying, you know, I would play the Terminator like this. The way you should play the Terminator is like this. And talking about how he would... Um, <laughs> Not, not move his eyes, but turn the whole head and then turn the body to follow. And, you know, the Robocop turn. Yeah. And explaining all the ways he would become mechanical and how you could portray that otherworldliness. And Cameron was sitting there going, that's a good idea. I'll do that. That's a good idea. I'll do that. That's a good idea. I'll do that. Wait, why don't I just get this guy to do it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then he got the role of the Terminator. He's a very clever man. Who, Arnie? Yeah, not He's... only did he become governor, but what was the thing you were telling me about the... Mr. Um, Universe. Yeah, so tell us have you, ever, have you ever seen the, the documentary about him in the Mr. Universe contest? Oh, yeah. No. I've right. He is legitimately one of the smartest, most deviously psychological bastards in the world, is Arnie. Oh. And you look at him and you're like, wait, what? But the thing is, basically, like before the... the um, the contest before each of these guys would be going out to show off their stuff and show off like you know I can lift the heavy thing yeah that's uh, so funny basically he would just be talking to them and just having a really nice friendly chat with them and saying stuff like oh man you know is this your first time doing stuff they'd be like yeah 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 and it's like oh you're really excited about you're it you're really excited like, you're excited and it's like yeah um, what, you know your family so you, is your family out there watching it's, oh no no they're back home because yeah do you reckon they're watching you on TV oh yeah I bet they are it's like and just go back and basically just, he was slowly getting under their skin and just going yeah there's a lot of people watching you. There's a lot of pressure on you, man. You okay? Nice. And, they would, and he would just get a little into the skin and make them second guess themselves. And a lot of people reckon that's why he won, is because he basically yeah. psyched out his opponents. He is a really clever guy. Um, what a lot of people don't know about him is he, he came to America, obviously, seeking his fortune. Yeah. Going, I'm a big, strong guy. I can get in Hollywood, play big characters. But the first big paycheck he started getting off of uh, things like Mr. Universe, he put straight into property. Because he was huh. like, what will let me become an actor is if I don't have to worry about money. So <laughs> I'm going to become a landlord. And uh, then I can just go and be an actor. Uh, he's a really, really clever guy. And hmm. I love his films. I agree with Rim on the Geek Nights podcast that there is a genre of film that is... Arnie movie. Yes. And yeah. I have tickets to go to the Prince Charles Cinema <laughs> later this <laughs> month to watch a whole bunch of them back to back. Please tell me Commando is one of them. Commando is the first one. It's Commando, oh, Predator, Terminator, Terminator 2. <sighs> and I can't remember what finishes. True Lies? Oh no, uh, sorry. It's Terminator 2 finishes it off. It's Commando, Predator, um, Running Man, oh, oh. and the Terminators. Ah, oh, no jingle all the way. No. I was going to say, no twins. <laughs> no last action. <laughs> no junior. No junior. 
See, that's a different genre. That's the bad Arnie movie. Yeah. But they're their own genre Command, as well. Commando <laughs> is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. I fucking love Commando. Because it's just... Like I, was to, I was trying to explain Commando to Rowan, who'd never seen it. And I was like, you, you know... The you know the the 80s cliche action hero movie where it's like I'm in retirement. No, you've got to do this for your country. Ah, my daughter's been kidnapped. Explosions, witty one-liner, and then all this is like that's Commando. <laughs> I'm going to walk literally... down the street and shoot everybody. Yeah, it's, it's Commando. It's... And, it, and it has the greatest Arnie line of of any film ever. Like fuck the I'll be back. Gone. Fuck the Asta La Vista, baby. It's, you know, I said I'd kill you last. I lied. I lied. I lied. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking, I love that movie. Can we just do an episode about Commando? Because <laughs> I, I love that movie. Also, with Terminator Genesis, we get not only J. Jonah Jameson, but the Doctor. That's, That's true. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. That is... <laughs> that is kind of weird. I know, but That's think about it. Matt Smith looks weird. in cinema in July. Ant-Man? No, Poltergeist oh. and Point Break. Poltergeist is getting a remake? Yes, and so is Point Break. I don't know what Point Break is. Point, or do you, I? you know Point, point Break. break. Wait, 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 Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves, as the surfing cop, lies on his back and fires into the air wildly in yeah. frustration because he can't oh, bring himself yeah. to shoot the bad guy as Jumping Martin Hot Fuzz. That thing that they referenced in Hot Fuzz. Yes. Yeah, never mm. seen it. Oh, it's a terrible film. You have to watch it. A terrible, wonderful film. But Poltergeist is getting and a remake. Ray Winston's in it in the oh, remake. Sold. Wait, Ray Winston's in the remake. Ray Winston's in the remake. Yes. Huh. Mission Impossible Five, starring Alec Baldwin and Jeremy Renner and Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. And we, yeah, I was trying to ignore that. Pan. I like Tom Cruise. Pan. <laughs> He's hilarious. Pan. Oh, no. No? No. No? No, because it's just following the trend that all the other, friggin' let's take a Disney franchise and reboot it in a prequel slash uh, alternate view, you know? Come on. <laughs> Fucking Whoa. pan. Whoa. It's not Come like that hasn't been done to the Peter Pan story before, though. Hook. Uh, and Hook true. was amazing. Uh, okay. Uh, which was actually true. Which was actually not a prequel. That was, that was, like that, a was super, a that was a super sequel. Well, I'm trying to remember now who it was who pitched... The idea for a, a film based about a British sea captain on um, on a voyage oh, that goes wrong. Max Landis. Hmm? Max Landis. He's the guy who pitches the whole thing about this guy who's supposed to be getting spies across the... Uh, that's the it, yeah. Was it Max Landis? Oh, yes. And, and it turns out yeah. that he is Hook, yeah. Yeah. Is that, that's John Landis' See, son, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blues Brothers director. Um, a really interesting pitch. I really like that. that. He is just really good at pitching. I mean, you should check out his um, Superman stuff. Oh, now I remember why I had no interest in seeing Pan. <laughs> no, it was um, Tiger Lily. What about Tiger Lily? Oh, Mara. Yeah, Super White Tiger Lily. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, another, Lily that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, even, even Disney's animated Peter Pan with its song about how Native Americans have red skin, air quotes, <laughs> because they would just they just used to be nor normal white people mm. and then they got embarrassed. Yeah. That even that had uh, oh, oh fuck all kinds I'm of getting Peter depressed. Pan. Yes, fuck all kinds of Peter Pan basically. <laughs> Let's move on into August. That's we? when we're born. 
We were born in August. We're not born in August 2015. Yes, we are. We'll be born again. We'll be reborn Why in the glory. Why are we August? Because the Fantastic Four is here and Hitman Agent 47. I don't want to be here. Uh, and the man from UNCLE is getting a movie. Yeah, the Guy Ritchie man from UNCLE with Hugh hey, Grant Ritchie. in it. What the fuck? To quickly just jump to... Because there's... I mean, this is a trailer. I've seen... We've seen the trailer for Fantastic Four, I assume. Has everyone seen it? Yeah, I've yep. seen it. So, thoughts? They're trying to play it off like a sci-fi rather than a comic book movie. It feels like the early trailers for Interstellar. Which is good, don't you think? Because, like, my memories of... I mean, I've never been a big Fantastic War fan, but I always thought their strengths would lie in cerebral, weird sci-fi rather than just straight superhero. A lot of the shots in the trailer make it look, to me, like Amazing Spider-Man. True, which is fucking... It's not a selling point. It's when, I, when I first watched the trailer, I thought it was a fan made thing. It just looked like it was cut together from lots of other films. That yeah, says it all. It doesn't look great. I'm also going to say, like, also in, in August, you've got a film I've not heard anything about called Criminal. I know nothing about it except that the four listed actors in it are Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Costner, Tommy Lee Jones, and Gary Oldman. Oh, shit. Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, and Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. That is, that is a hell of a cast. That is a good cast. That's two good people. Which ones do you like out of, out of interest? Uh, not a big fan of Ryan Reynolds, and not a big fan of Kevin Costner. Oh, to be fair, no one's a big fan of Kevin Costner. I like Kevin Costner. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Come on, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Gotta love that American Robin Hood. Every- you don't have to. Believe me, it's not compulsory. <laughs> you simply have to. You don't understand. There doesn't appear to be anything interesting going on in September. But Hitman Agent of 47. Agent of 47. Agent of 47. There we go. Just stop. Right. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I starring. Ethan- no, wait. That's not Ethan Hawke. That's in a different film coming out. That would have been- oh, starring Zachary Quinto. I mean, he might have the, the kind of. Uh, the presence to play 47 in that sort of cold sociopathic way more of a siler out of heroes than anything else he's done yeah also but, oh my god I feel if, sick if we were to move into September I, I just, feel I, sick I thought I thought he'd gone away I feel sick M. Night Shyamalan has a movie coming out I feel sick is this because M. Night Shyamalan has a movie coming out? I feel it's called, sick it's yeah. called <laughs> it's called The Visit and it is listed as a horror comedy Oh, oh God! God. Do you reckon it's called a horror comedy because they reckon it's just going to be a horror? I reckon I, I know the it. twist already. Horror comedy parenthesis unintentional. Yeah. I, I, a single parent yeah. mother finds that her family's lives go away after her finds that her family's lives go away. Does that mean people what die the or fuck? Her family lives go away. Her family's lives go away after her two young children visit their grandparents. Right, can we just yep. move into October? Because Gem and no, but I know the twist already. Up. The twist is it's not going to be funny. <laughs> uh, is that a Frankenstein re like? Is that a Frankenstein movie? <laughs> a re re remake with Daniel Radcliffe and James McAvoy. Yes, yes, it is. I'm I'm going to watch that. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe, James McAvoy, da- Max Landis. Max movie. Landis wrote it. Yeah. Yep. He's a good writer, man. He's going to do well for himself, I reckon. Yeah. And Radcliffe is playing Igor in it, so... <laughs> and Andrew Scott, he's, um... Oh, wait, you don't like Sherlock, do you? He's, he's Moriarty in, um... Sherlock, he's a really I'm good sure, actor. I'm sure he's a... He's I'm a sure really, really actor. good actor, yeah. Um, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. October? Uh-huh. Mm. Gem and Gem the, the Holograms. Yes, the most important film release of the year. Because, it's, sure? because it's got her in it. <laughs> 
What? Molly fucking Ringwald? Yeah, and Juliette Lewis <laughs> in the same film. This is going to be amazing. I don't understand. What is Gem in the Holograms? Why do you people know this and I don't? Well, if you notice the studio, it's Universal in collaboration with Hasbro, the toy company. Uh, Gem and the Holograms is an 80s cartoon and toy line. Oh, okay. Gem! She's Julie. truly outrageous. Truly outrageous. <laughs> I, I've, I've never heard of it before. That's because you weren't a girl in the 80s. Okay. To be fair, oh, wait, I was going to say neither was I, and I was like, no, wait, I totally was. Never mind. <laughs> Speaking of Schwarzenegger again, his sons and scouts versus zombies. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, following on from that, uh, the last Witch Hunter, starring Elijah Wood, Michael Caine, and Vin Diesel. Yep. Sold. Would you want of a cast? <laughs> because you can tell Vin Diesel's going to pull his D and D nerdery out of the bag for that. Like it's an action <laughs> fantasy film. Yeah, we know he's a D and D fan. He's going to love it. Elijah Wood, you know, he's he's all about you know being a bit weird. Being I a love, bit weird. I love, yeah, I love that man. Oh, another fucking paranormal activity. Yay! Hey, dude, they're not making Saw films anymore. They're going to do something. Wait, 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 wait. I found the film I want to watch this December. December? Well, hold off, because we've got to do November first. Because there is, there's a really good film and a really bad film, uh, in my prediction, coming out okay. in November. Yeah. Firstly, mm-hmm. they're doing the Peanuts movie as a 3D animation, and I couldn't be angrier about that. Yeah. Any, any, any particular reason? Because that just sounds that just sounds awful to me. But any particular reason that makes you angry? Um, I I love. I have a deep abiding love for the Peanuts animations really? uh, as they exist. Yes. Oh, I really I, do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging. I was like, that you've you've never mentioned that before. Is why I'm, I'm, it's, it's a surprise noise. Uh, well, they are. They're, they're wonderful and they're so heartwarming. And there's this dry. They're really dry. They are. There's a fascinating thing about the delivery. Um, yeah. All the kids speak in this same stilted way. <laughs> uh, and it's really, really interesting. I, I recently discovered from an interview with Andrea Romano, who is, uh, she's the voice director on basically any animation you've ever watched that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, Batman animated, she cast all of that. Animaniacs, uh, Pinky in the Brain, uh, and more recently, Korra, yeah, Avatar. You know, mm-hmm. she, she is a hell of a, a behind the scenes kind of a person. And she said the, the thing about the Peanuts animations is they all had the same vocal director who had this really weird way of speaking. And kids need line reads. So he would give them line reads and they would read it just the way he said it. And they all sound weird. <laughs> Because they're imitating his not quite speech impediment, but shall we say unique cadence? Yes. Uh, and just looking at the, the the trend of taking beloved childhood characters and making them three D, it didn't work for Garfield. It didn't work for the Smurfs. It didn't work for Peabody and Sherman. And I don't think it will work for Snoopy. It worked yeah. for Alfred and the Chipmunks, though. I'm going to take a wild guess here, Simon. Is the movie you're really looking forward to in November, The Martian? Yes, it is. Is that, is that the one that's directed by Ridley Scott, starring yes, Matt Damon, yeah. uh, Sean Bean, Donald Glover, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and Sebastian Stan? That's the one. Holy shit. The Martian... I literally just gave myself a sentence reading out that cast list. <laughs> it's based on a really exceptional novel. In terms of hard sci-fi, here we go. Oh. Um, it's about a manned mission to Mars that goes wrong. 
uh, and Matt Damon, I presume, will be playing the title character, uh, the man who has to survive on Mars until a rescue mission can be sent, which is a real problem because it's a long way away. Yeah. Um, that's sort of as much as I want to say about the setup. Fair enough. Uh, but it's a fantastic novel. And with Ridley Scott directing, and as you say, Matt Damon, Sebastian Stan, Chiwetelia for uh, Sean Bean, yeah. Jeff Daniels. Do you reckon Sean Bean's going to die? Yes. <laughs> I reckon so. Uh, yeah. Chris uh, it's going to be, I think, a really, really good film. I'm looking forward to it in a, in a big, bad way. So, um, yes. I'm assuming your December film is the Kramp- is Krampus. Krampus? They finally made a horror movie about <laughs> evil Austrian devil Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Austrian Christmas monster. Um, yeah, that, that's all I want to say. Yay, they made a Krampus movie. <laughs> and also there's this little sci-fi film coming out in December, something about, like, space wizards with laser swords. Yeah, whatever. Wait! <laughs> Wait. <laughs> should we just gloss over it? Because Rob's gone into the kitchen, so should we just gloss, gloss over that film? More then? importantly, <laughs> The Chipmunks 4 is coming out in December, and I think that's the film we should really be talking about. Oh, uh, hells yeah. I, I, might see, I might go see Sisters, because it's got John Cena in it. Yeah, I just <laughs> noticed that. Stuff. It's Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and John Cena. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> This is going to be his breakout film, isn't it? Also, can I, just, can I just say as well, on Christmas Day, being released, is a Western starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy. Yep. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> and a film called Monster Trucks, which I'm okay with. Starring Rob Lowe and Danny Glover. <laughs> Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, right? What a man. What a, what a pair of eyes. What a terrifying man. Oh, man, I would be wrecked by that. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Hey, <laughs> wow. What? What? Just, no, just that declaration. <laughs> Why aren't we talking about Star Wars yet? Because you weren't here. What Star Wars? <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why we're not talking about it. It's because it's a J.J. Abrams film. Oh, come on. Let it go. <laughs> No, I'm I'm looking forward to Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, because of um, oh, I can't remember his name. Or whatever they call it, because they've not called it Star Wars Episode Seven. They called it Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Well, yes, but we know it is Episode Seven. Yeah, because it's Abrams, and he doesn't like adding numbers to movies that are existing fucking franchises. (laughs) See, this is why you know uh, I find it obviously. You guys have been hurt, and I can see that. (laughs) Who hurt? (laughs) I've been hurt not just by Star Trek, but by everything J.J. Abrams has ever made. Um, hang on, let me think. Okay, well, I was going to say Lost, but then I stopped. (laughs) Good, because. That was what I was going to... Hang on, hang on. What was that sci-fi series you made in the early 2000s? Um, oh, God. Flash. You mean Alias? Alias, Alias that's the one. That's it. I, I was getting really Alias. that sci-fi. Oh, okay. I always get Alias and Dark Angel mixed up. Yeah, not Dark Angel. That was James Cameron. Dark oh. Angel was awesome. Yeah, but I, they were always like right next to each other in HMV and like the box set deal things. Yeah. Was, but right. you look at Abrams' track record and you've got uh, like Cloverfield. Uh, I did mine Cloverfield. What was that one? Armageddon. Wait, Abrams did. I, wait, as in, yeah. as in, don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to miss a thing. Armageddon. JJ Abrams. That was Abrams. Yes. That's no. that. 
Nothing no, that was, that was Michael Bay, surely. No, that was Abrams. Was it was it Abrams his wearing... best impression of Michael Bay? Yeah, was, it, was, it, was it not just Michael Bay wearing a J.J. Abrams suit? He did The Paul Bearer, <laughs> the film that was supposed to be David Schwimmer's breakout from Friends film, and wasn't. Uh, Poor David Schwimmer, he had such a raw deal. <laughs> he, even, he even played a shit dude in Band of Brothers that nobody liked. I, he's really good in Band of Brothers. He's really good Admittedly, in Band of Brothers. No one like, you're but he, right, he's he play, a dick. He, he plays a, no, plays a but... know-it-all douchebag that nobody likes. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Sobel. Uh... That depresses me. We can't think of anything that Abrams made that is good. I I, I, I still reckon it'll be good. The I closest think. thing to a good film Abrams has ever made was Super 8, and that's because it was so much an homage to Spielberg that it was indistinguishable from Spielberg. Oh, yeah. Armageddon was directed by Michael Bay. But written... Oh, is it written by Abrams? Oh. Written by J.J. Abrams. That'll be why it was a Bay film. We had our world one stage when Elf come help us out. But I will point out that Force Awakens is written by the same guy, Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back. Yes. No, I actually do have some hope for The Force Awakens because... Oh, thank God. I thought you were being... No, no, I, I, I'm semi-serious. As much okay. as I take the piss out of J.J. Abrams' filmmaking, and I always will, um, <laughs> in interview, he is actually a really personable, really lovely, yes, lovely, sincere awesome. guy yeah. who loves all the things I love. I just wish he'd stop trying to remake them. Um, <laughs> I'm talking there about Twilight Zone and things like that, which thankfully he hasn't tried to remake yet. Um... No, other people are on that. But he loves Star Wars. Like, he doesn't care about Star Trek. So no, he just made a J.J. Abrams film with a yeah. Star Trek name in front of it. Yeah. But he loves Star Wars. And I think he would be the first person to crucify him if he made a film that didn't feel like the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I do have some hope for this one. The way I always try and understand, because, you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I do really like Star Trek, but I know, obviously, you guys know a lot more about it than I do. Like, I know a fair bit, but nothing in compare to you, to you guys. Would this be an accurate, fair way of describing J.J. Abrams' Star Trek films? If I... It, right, if not me, because I do it amazingly. No, I'm kidding. If someone came along yeah. and tried to re remake... Empire Strikes Back, but did it completely differently. Is that the same oh. as Into Darkness with Wrath of Khan, but being made completely differently? Tell you what, I, I can actually give you a really good description of and this. This is going to be, a, I think this is either going to be really wrong or really clever, what I'm about to do now. Okay. It's like if someone right. came along and yep. said, I'm going to make, I'm going to reboot the Star Wars franchise. Right. I'm going to make... I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a new... This is after we've got the trilogy, right? We've got four, yeah, five, and six. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a new Star Wars film. Mm. And and you know what? None of that flashy action and laser kapow and spaceships, right? We're going to have hours of trade negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> right? That is exactly what it's fucking like. There you go. But trade negotiations would fit in Star Trek, wouldn't it? But this is the thing, right? Is that... Star Wars is is <laughs> not that written. Star Wars written at its root, is, Star Wars at its at its heart is about like young hero action kapow save save the universe and and beat the bad guy right. Yeah, it's the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah. Star yeah. Trek it's is the hero's journey meets a samurai movie uh, in space. Yeah, yeah. 
Whereas Star Trek at its heart is all about overcoming like the, the, the perils of humanity and whatnot yeah, and, and it, ethics and it's all about ethics it's all about morality it's all about working towards a common goal through diplomacy mm. and science and understanding that uh, the world will only become a better place if we work together and and fighting is ultimately going to just destroy us all yeah it's the classic science fiction trope of externalizing humanity's issues into racial tensions between alien races yeah. so mm. that it's easier to explore and to consume and then Abrams came along and was like, right, I want to make Spock cry, so I'm going to blow up Vulcan. And then Spaceship yeah. Mouth, pew, pew! And it's like, oh my god. And don't forget, in Into Darkness, the super cool bit where they're fighting in warp. Uh, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, are you Sorry. crying? Are you no, no, I'm laughing because I know it pisses people. No, it is, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Basically, Star Trek has never been fully scientifically accurate, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. But they have always had a science advisor mm -hmm. who they listened to. Uh, <laughs> yes. And that is what Abrams' Star Trek movies lack. Yeah. They haven't even taken advice about realistic science. So it's just become space fantasy, which is what Star Wars is and should be, which is mm. why I think he can make a good Star Wars film. Yeah. But you look at Star Trek, and suddenly the concept of a supernova, which is one star detonating, uh, threatening half a galaxy, it's, I mean, it's absurd. It's like yeah. saying, I set off a hand grenade here in my flat, and it killed you in Cheltenham. <laughs> it's not going to happen. To be fair, dude, if we found out you died by hand grenade, we'd probably follow you into the great beyond. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. I, it's red matter, which is from Alias. Uh, and that's sort of forcibly rewriting an entire legacy of a show that has, uh, you know, run for decades mm. into part of Abrams' own little fictional universe is, it's insulting. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so yeah, I, this is what he did to Star Trek, but Star Wars is his love. You know, the first mm -hmm. thing he did was insist that they build the Millennium Falcon as a one-to-one -one set. Uh, and yeah. do the practical effects because mm. he wanted that feel of the original trilogy. So it's it's going to be good. I mean, it's going to be better than the prequels. Mm -hmm. But there you go. If you ever want to know what it feels like, well, no, I mean, I that, no, yeah. No, yeah, you do. I had an inkling already. I yeah. just thought it would be nice to talk about it because I, uh, to be honest, I've, I don't think I've ever heard Simon's opinion on it. To be fair, but no, I have. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you you also you also have you have the added benefit, which is you're a Star Wars fan, mm. right? And pretty much, like, not saying everyone, but there is a general consensus among Star Wars fans, which is that the prequels are shit. No, right? they are. Yeah, exactly, right? No, there shouldn't be any discussion. <laughs> now, Simon and I, we had, we had to stand there amongst other Trekkies mm. saying Abram's Star Trek was good when it first came out. I think it's easier to deny that because, right, as much as, as much as it shits on the, the source material, mm. if you look, and I, I don't, I wouldn't lump this with Into Darkness, but if you look at the, if the Star Trek, the first Star Trek film that Abrams did. Yeah. If you ignore the fact that it's Star Trek and it's shitting on all the continuity and it's shitting on everything that you love, it is structurally, if you ignore that, then what you've film. got is the story of a man whose homeworld was destroyed. Yeah. So he went back in time to before his homeworld was destroyed, not to prevent it, mm. 
but to seethe for a few years whilst his homeworld was not destroyed, not attempt to prevent that from happening, but wait to take revenge on people who hadn't done anything yet. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's a bullshit move. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> Shit, man. Okay, maybe I'll take that back. Um, all right, I'll put it this way then. There are some good scenes <laughs> that, if unconnected with any kind of plot whatsoever, and if you could see them behind the lens flare, be described as well shot and well directed. If you could see them. If you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of lens flare. Yeah. So honestly, honestly in the I'm not trying to defend these films against you. Tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. Tell you what, tell you what. <laughs> Do you know what? You know what? Let's move on. I think Carl Urban was good. Carl Urban is always good. Carl Urban was fantastic. I actually really like Chris Pine because he was handed a gift. Oh really? Yeah. B Kirk. Now that could have been awful if he would tried to D Shatner Kirk, Kirk voice, but he didn't. <laughs> What he did was he picked up every single physical mannerism William Shatner ever had, the way he sits in the command chair, yes. the way he gestures to people, uh, and did his own voice. That was the only way I felt that you could do Kirk without falling into self-parody. Yeah. Uh, so I really like both of them, and I think yeah. Zachary Quinto did as good a job as the directing and the script allowed. Yes, admittedly, fair point. I mean, being angry all the time was probably not the right way to go yeah. with scripts, but that, uh, I guess that isn't. I hold Zachary Quinto up as being at fault simply because he was, you know, he was on the front line. When I get angry at that <laughs> film, he was Spock. He was doing the bad Spock things because he was told to do. He was the told bad to Spock do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I know, and I know that's not his fault, but he is still the face of bad Spock. Mm. But I actually think that those three, and I'm not a big fan of the rest of the cast, but they are oh. the core three of the original series characters. Yeah, given a good script and a good director, could make a good reboot. If they'd basically gotten uh, JMS. For example, yeah, um, yeah, okay. That's it. It's, it's a uh, that is a fair enough way of putting it. Yeah, and but, this is where I have some vague tentative hope for number three because it's not going to be Orsi and it's not going to be Abrams. Um, so if they Star get Trek, a good director, so Star Trek Eleven is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, still has. Some say in number three, doesn't he? Hmm? He still has some say in number three. But he's not directing. No. No, I think he's writing it. Though. Paramount went, no, go away. No, yeah. he's not writing it either, I don't think. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there he is. Is he? Uh, Bob produ- no, sorry, no, he's producing. He's producing. I was going to say he's producing. He won't be writing. Yes. No, no, on, on, the, on the Star Wars subject. He didn't write, he didn't write Into Darkness either. Was it Lindelof? Uh, I don't know. It was he, obviously he directed it and he produced it. But uh, yes, <laughs> it was Lindelof. Yeah, I thought so. He is awful. Yeah. Uh, screenplay by Roberto Orsi, Alex Kurtzman, and Damon Lindelof. That—that's the evil trio of Abrams writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick, get my super team on the line. <laughs> <laughs> It's when Abrams is like, what's that? You want me to ruin a movie? Get me Bob and Damon. Let's call the super fiends. 
But yeah, Damon Lindelof, um, the man who ruined World War Z, the man who ruined Prometheus, the man who ruined Cowboys and Aliens, the man who ruined Lost. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. How does that man sleep at night? Fuck. On a yeah. bed filled with money. money. Responsible for my <laughs> suffering. <laughs> hey, hey, should we see if he's involved in Star Wars? Oh, no, he won't be. He they won't let him go near it. No, they didn't let him go near it. Oh. No, 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 no. Not in terms it's of writing. Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, who did Empire. Ah, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, Andy Serkis is in it. And Andy Oh, yeah, Serkis I knew he was in it because yeah. he was in the trailer. Never mind. Well, they think it is anyway. They haven't confirmed it. Uh, I literally had no idea up until now that Peter Mayhew was in. Oh, yeah, Chewie, so, sir. Yeah, Chewie. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, are people speculating that Circus is the Sith with the lightsaber greatsword? Well, that's, they, they, that's they not seem, who I think it is. No, I don't think it is either. I think that now that they've said it isn't Gwendolyn Christie, is. Oh, have they actually said that? Yeah, apparently so. It's not her. Who said that, though? Uh, I, I'm, I don't have a source. The same man who said Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't playing Khan. Mm, that's a very good point. Yeah, because he's a man who lies openly yeah. about things he wants to be a surprise because he's like, oh no, they've guessed it. I'm just going to lie. No, it's, he's, yeah, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. He's going to be playing, uh, like a, a really good, well, uh, well established Star Trek villain who doing you've a comeback. Who never heard of? We're doing a comeback and they went, so it's Khan then. And he went, no, it's, John Harrison. And we were like, he's not a well-known character. We've never heard of him. He's a beetle. Like, which, which just no, he isn't. George Harrison is a beetle. You know, like, You're mixing no, no, beetle names. That's the thing is, that's what I think he did. Was he went, who is it then? And then, and then went, the attack he, happens in Britain. Another thing is, he went, so, went, we went, who is it then? And he went, uh, and he just looked on his shelf at <laughs> albums and went, John, John Harrison. Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> Which could have been so much worse. See, I honestly, yeah. if they had a good Alice writer who gave Paul a Ringo. shit about Star Trek, I wouldn't have gone with Khan for the second movie. I'd have gone with Gary Mitchell. Ooh, what the psychic kid? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not the kid because that oh. was Charlie X. Oh, that's what Gary I'm Mitchell is uh, Kirk's old academy mate who also went psychically godlike insane. Is he, is he the one that like keeps rolling his eyes up into his head and smiling? Yes, he's yeah. the, the one who was in the uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before pilot. Yeah. Huh. That would have been a really interesting movie to do. That or Harry Mudd. Because you've got Kirk just coming out of the Academy anyway, so their friendship would have been really recent, and if they had actually bothered establishing he had any connection to anyone at the Academy in the first movie, it would have been really recent and really... Yeah. You know, um, it would have been a better way to go, I think. Again, or Harry Mudd. Or Harry Mudd. What were you going to say about Star Wars? Oh, I was basically going to say, like, I was. I think I've been completely sold on Star Wars from the opening moment, which is the major problem I had with a lot of the Star Wars films was was representation. You mean the original Star yeah. Wars films? Okay. Where they basically just... Well, look at, look at Star Wars Episode Four. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly, right? But they've, like, Star Wars Force Awakens, the trailer... What is the first person you see in that film? Yo, I mean, we, we, yeah, we've yeah. got this. It's we, the first yeah. thing you see is a black guy, and yeah. it's awesome. And it's like, and that's and maybe just a going, black stormtrooper. Yes. A yeah. black stormtrooper, you know, it's excellent. Um, yeah, no, it is cool. Um, yeah, there's, there's, honestly, I have a lot of faith in it. But um, going back to what we were talking about, I still think Gwendolyn Christie is going to be a lightsaber wielder. Oh God, no, we know she's been spotted training. 
<laughs> so oh, no, that could have just basically been her fighting. Well, yeah, admittedly, <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie playing with a sword on set is not an uncommon sight. No, uh, she's cool. <laughs> but I, I would hope she's going to have a lightsaber, seeing as we're told she's one of the main antagonists and she's going to be hunting down the hero. Uh, yeah, apparently she have a lightsaber. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to desert from the Empire? How fucking terrifying would that be? Mm. Oh my god, with probe droids coming after you. This the thing is, I've, I've literally, because Rowan and I marathoned the Star Wars films recently, because mm. we've started doing this thing now where we marathon movies, and... It's a good idea. It is, and we, we mar- well, we, we did the, the machete cut of, um... Machete. Machete cut of, um, Star Wars. Mm. So we watched episode four. Yep. Episode five. Yep. Episode two. Yep. Episode three. Episode six. So you get the reveal, isn't it? You get up to the I am big your reveal, father. and then it's, uh, there's then a flashback it's... to how we got to that point, yeah, ignoring yeah, yeah. episode one, because you can. You literally don't, you don't have need I, I've always said of the machete uh, sequence, I would put the Phantom Edit in, in place of the Phantom Menace, because... If you had to. Well, no, because you, you if you ignore it completely, you miss out on the Duel of the Fates. There is that. There, which is there. a really good fight. It's a good fight, admittedly. Yeah. Um... In fact, you know, I I have actually only recently just seen the Phantom edit. You're right; it is a, it is a good opener as well, um, and it it kind of it still has Qui Gon in there saying train him, but then that's all he was needed for. That that is his entire job. Yes, exactly. It's just to be there at the end to get impaled by the saber staff of Maul, and then go train him, and then die, and then die. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. Spoilers for one of the worst (laughs) movies ever. Sorry, that was really loud. And quite a well-known film at that. Oh gosh. (laughs) But yeah, I'm drinking because of it. Yeah. But having gone back and rewatched the films, I've come to a couple of conclusions about Star Wars. The the prequel. I was going to look back at it and go, "Am I just going to rewatch these and think?" Either A, the prequel trilogy wasn't as bad as I remember it being, or am I going to think that the saga trilogy is a lot worse than I remember it being? Mm-hmm. And I really watched it went, no, the prequel trilogy is worse than I remember it being, mm-hmm. and the saga trilogy is about as good as I remember it being. But I also realized, do you know who the best character in Star Wars is? I think that's subjective, but gone. I think it's massively subjective. Yes. But you know what? It's Leia. Based on New Hope, it's fucking Leia. I'm entirely okay with that. Yeah. Like, literally, she gets launched like, out of the prison cell, right? Yeah. Firstly, literally, she's out five seconds whilst ha- uh, whilst uh, Han and Luke are arguing. And she just rips Takes the gun over. and shoots the wall, jumps into the hole. It's like, you go. Yeah. She's just like, fuck you guys arguing. I'm it was really, here. it was, it was, I'm she, 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 is, she is well written. Yeah. She's incredibly well written, considering you've looked at the other films of the time. Um, it was much more. If you had like the Flash Gordon esque yeah. kind of, um, and she was sci-fi adventure where she would be a princess and she would be there waiting to get saved. Now, admittedly, they do go and Luke does technically push the button that opens yeah, the door. Because, yeah, but from that moment sound. on, yeah, and she's resisted the interrogation droids. Yeah, she's resisted Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> The fucking it's also made me badass of the galaxy. It's also made me realise throughout, mostly throughout Empire and Jedi, how fucking rapey Harris, uh, Han Solo is. He's so creepy and, and in her face and 
He really kind of is. Oh, it's really sinister when you go back and rewatch it. Which bit? What, in Empire? In Empire and Jedi, there's all these moments where he's just like... Like, I admit in Empire, there's, there, the, bit, and there's like, the bit where they're hanging out, like, when they've gone into the asteroid and it's actually the big space slug. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit there, but, you know... All you need to do is just, in between all of Han's lines when he's talking to Leia, is just adding... <sighs> <laughs> It's so, oh, I really this is something I've learned it's like Leia is the best character and I really fucking hate Han Solo now well I'll tell you what I'm uh, looking forward to ongoing uh, in terms of characterising people from the originals uh, Kieran Gillen writer of The Wicked and the Divine is now mm. authoring an ongoing Darth Vader comic so I've seen Ooh. and it is specifically set after the destruction of the first Death Star which is a disaster that Vader was in charge of and completely failed to prevent because he got into a personal feud and completely failed to chase down Luke as well. And the the setting of the book kicking off is him basically trying to win back the favour of the Emperor because he'd done fucked up. <laughs> I, I would just keep going back to the goddamn robot chicken sketch on that. Just the, well, you've just been flying around in your interceptor for like a week. Ugh, you must smell like feet wrapped in leathery burnt bacon. <laughs> it must have been in there for a while. Yeah. Considering there's no hyperdrive capabilities in that. Yeah. No ship that size has hyperdrive capabilities. Wait, actually, it might do. Because his might. Personalized one. Yeah. Yeah. His might. Yeah, no, I think his might. It had a whole second hull. You know, it's yeah. entirely plausible that that yeah, contained yeah, yeah. a hyperdrive. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I guess so, you can find out in the comic. I don't know if it's covered. I hope it's covered. Oh, look, because I still really want to get a hold of Wicked and Divine, because as soon as you met, uh, when you were around here last, actually, you mentioned that to me, and it sounds awesome. It is awesome. I have to get a hold of that. Yeah, I bought the first trade paperback for Gem for Christmas. Huh. Is it in hardcover yet, or is it... Um... It's in trade paperback. Oh, cool. I bought it from Ben. Uh, the Faust Act, the first arc... Is yeah. in, uh, in trade paperback. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to look into getting that because I'd forgotten. I need to remember. So, yeah, that's um, that's 2015 in movies. Yeah, we yeah, have been talking a good long time and reached December. So the question I put before you is, do you want to reconvene and do 2015 in gaming another time or keep it rolling and split this into two parts? Um, I'd like to keep rolling if you guys... I think we should keep rolling. Got a bit more beer to drink. Unless you guys would rather stop. I don't mind. Keep going. Keep going it is. Keep I'm, going. I'm all up for that. Okay, fantastic. I'm just going to have to bust out a second intro. Yeah, so should we like do a cutoff point here? We say, right, guys, catch us what will be a few seconds time for us, but will be a whole uh, week or two weeks for you, depending on how things work out. You need to do it better than that. That yeah, was one of the most seamless <laughs> outros we've <laughs> ever done. <laughs> I was explaining how it would work, but yeah. So, um, what's happened to you? You used to be so full of vigor. I am full of and vigor. Give me another beer. Well, oh. if, we're techni- if we're technically outroing now, uh, no. Um, want to bring it, bring it down for a second. Um, oh no, because being a gaming podcast. And uh, I'm sure you guys will agree with me on this one. Oh, shit, yeah. That we all uh, send our condolences and best wishes to the family of Monty Holmes, 
with Monty Holmes, Monty Holmes from uh, Rooster Teeth as he passed away yesterday. Uh, yeah, the, um, I literally just found out about this before the, before the episode um, aired. So, um, for everyone out there who's a fan of, uh, well, Rooster Teeth in general, but, um, his Ruby series, um, yeah. Not many sort of details at the moment, but it is. Um, he apparently... Uh, we don't need to. We don't need to really sort of go into the details or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah that. Such a downer. Yeah, it's you know as as we are gaming as we are gaming guys. I thought you know yeah. Send our boss it. You know absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thoughts and condolences with families and loved ones. It is always sad to lose someone from you know our little community. Mm. So, Jack, yep. lift our spirits and segue us into <laughs> the next episode. All right, I will. I will do that. Come on, let's just see how we are well, indeed yeah. a goddamn video gaming podcast, and we are. You know what that means? We do video games on a podcast. We do it on an internet radio show, and the show must fucking go on. So, video games of 2015 begin <laughs> next time. I mean, next time. Now. I fucked that up. Well done. <laughs> and there's that technique we mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> when stylish dismount. Sorry? Stylish dismount. Yeah. Mount your friends. Have you seen the video of the gymnast who face plants after the vaulting horse and just lying face down in the crash mat kicks her leg up for the yeah. l- to stick the landing? Yeah. yeah. That's what we just did. <laughs> yeah. Like, kick out. Two or two point nine kick out.